0: forever dog hi anna Hi, Andrew.
1: And hey, everybody else.
0: And welcome to our podcast, <laughs> scary, scary Stories to, to, tell to Tell on the pod. pod. It is a scary stories podcast hosted by two idiots <laughs> who are chummy little chatters. And <laughs> that's kind of what you should expect um, from this. Okay?
1: Yes, please. I, I, I took a look at our reviews on audible.com. I wasn't aware that that was something that you were able to do. Oh, no. And boy, I, people really are upset. Um, we are a comedy podcast, everybody. They're ju- I think they're upset that, um, a podcast with the word scary in it, um, is not screaming and trying to terrorize the audience.
0: Oh yeah. I do think maybe we're just categorized wrong.
1: Yeah. That's so yeah. If, if maybe you found your way here and, um, you are a, a masked, um, monster looking to stab some teens, we're... <laughs> We actually, we are next door at the 4-H camp.
0: We are. And We're learning about rabbits. Yes.
1: And um, what sort of grains to feed pigs for them to gain weight in a healthy way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're all trading who gets to put down the grain for the pigs because there's not enough <laughs> pigs for the amount of kids.
1: Um, but Anna, we are in the midst of our summer series where every Friday we uh, watch a movie by director Steven Summers and we like to call it.
0: Stephen, Sum- summer, oh, summer. No, summer, S- <laughs> summer, 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 summer of Stephen or summer, Stephen, Summers. summer.
1: By this summer. point, we hope you've figured out that we don't know what to call it yet. But it, it basically we're watching Stephen Summers movies.
0: This is like in a rom-com where the leads are about to kiss finally. And she, the woman is just listing all the horrible things about her. And he's like but that's how i know you're the one and then they kiss like we're just <laughs> listing all the horrible <laughs> we're being the worst version of ourselves to know that if you stick around you really do love us which is not how um podcast marketing
1: works i know but but, but i feel like also maybe um if you're the sort of person who likes to pick up free furniture uh <laughs> that maybe you're like well if they if they dislike themselves so much there must be something below the surface that's interesting
0: right right yeah. We are. Let us be your wet couch. <laughs> I can be your wet couch, baby. Oh my God. Okay. Well, look, Andrew. Um, here's the truth. Let's give them Let's give him the goods. Okay.
1: We're telling you this because we trust you, everybody.
0: We're telling you this because we trust you. Here's the deal. We uh lost our recording <laughs> of um the first time we talked about Storm King. Uh, Paul, friends of the pod, Paul F. Tompkins and Janie Haddad Tompkins. We'll be recording with them in two weeks. Correct. We'll be watching a different Steven Summers movie that rocks.
1: You'll be so happy.
0: You'll be so happy. But thank God we we had to push with them because uh, we lost our recording, which is either my fault or Jason's fault. And we're both just sort of being sweet to each other because it was just our anniversary
1: <laughs> and yes. no one's blaming anyone. Happy anniversary, Anna and Jason.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's been It's been 84 years. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so anyway, uh, but you know what? That that first time around, that was just the one time.
1: Yes. And And this
0: time is the real time.
1: And I feel really, uh, and neither of us were heartbroken that the last recording didn't work out. Not because we felt bad about that recording, but because we just feel more qualified to talk about the 2002 classic film Scorpion King with you today. It's called
0: Scorpion King. Scor- <laughs> yes. Scorpion oh King King.
1: Now you know. I do, I do. Um so Anna, this movie is the spin-off of the runaway sequel, The Mummy Returns.
0: Yes. Um it was sort of like a regular walking pace sequel. It made about, <laughs> made about a quarter of a, <laughs> the mummy did. Um but It was uh, The Rock, his first major screen acting role was as the Scorpion King in Mummy Returns. Mm -hmm. And we saw an interview with Dwayne Johnson, which is what we call him now. Okay, be nice.
1: Everybody be nice. We're that's Dwayne's trying something out. Yes.
0: He he doesn't want to be beholden to Vince McMahon, which let's start there. Uh, an, An executive producer on this movie, which executive producer for those not in the industry, this can mean a lot of things. This can mean... You are very involved. You're hiring a lot of people. You're working on the source material. It can also be an absolute vanity title. Yes. Um, and Andrew, I'll ask you again. Uh, do you know what work Vincent McMahon did on this movie?
1: I What what work did he do, Anna?
0: He owns the name The Rock. And uh. that is how Dwayne Johnson was uh, credited for this movie. And I do believe it's part of why, in addition to like wanting to seem more serious and more of an actor why he moved away from being called The Rock yes, and went to Dwayne Johnson. We had the middle period where it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We all got very comfortable saying that. Mm-hmm. We're now asking you to be comfortable saying just Dwayne Johnson. DJ to his friends.
1: Imagine if someone owned your nickname.
0: <laughs> Stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, just insane that like your boss from your weird job where you got hit in the head a lot. I uh, just got to make money from anything you did.
1: Oh um, Wild. And the kind of twist with this movie, um, well, one of the many twists is that so Steven Summers did not direct it, but he did write the story and uh, was one of the screenwriters of this yes,
0: movie. Yes. There's a bunch of other people credited with story and screenwriting, um, which I think is good. I think Steven Summers is wonderful. I think I do think he needs a little bit of a leash. He needs mm. to be held in a little bit. He dreams too big.
1: Okay. We all need that friend who makes us uh, question some of our decisions. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. And it is it is interesting when you have these summer blockbusters, things happen really quickly and they happen like crazy people are in charge of these decisions. Yes. And the thing is like they're making decisions predicting what the American public will like. Right. And the American public is crazy. So you have a lot of crazy people <laughs> who yeah. are often good at their job because they're right because the crazy things that they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um makes sense. And all- I just I do use the word quite crazy, okay? I I think no doctor would call you crazy and it's okay. <laughs> well, I'm not going to stop saying crazy. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Um I will also say that uh th- we watched this interview, this old interview with Dwayne Johnson like doing press for the yes. movie. And he talks about when he was shooting The Mummy, really like his one scene where he is actually playing himself and not a CGI scorpion monster. Um, he was incredibly sick he it was like 115 degrees but he had to have like blankets covering him he was getting sick to his stomach you know it was a nightmare and he thought oh god like what what is this how is this going to be my like big debut and then um he, like as he is so sick his reps come to him and they're like hey uh they've been watching the dailies and they want to make a movie about your character and very sweetly Dwayne asked what are dailies? So
0: sweet. That's like his Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman
1: with the necklace box moment. Like, he's just so he's so new. And imagine, I mean, imagine shooting one scene in a movie and just from shooting it, the movie hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> They're already planning another whole movie around your little character. It's un- This happens
0: to me every time I act. Um, <laughs> they make a major summer
1: blockbuster based on
0: um Old bitch with a clipboard. <laughs>
1: right, right. I my my character uh, HR employee number one in the movie Keeping Up with the Joneses classically became a, a very famous spinoff. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> just a couple of bummers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it really. Uh, and dailies are just like whatever they shot that day that they'll watch. This is right. a this is a podcast about entering the industry. And welcome. And welcome. Um, um, but yeah, he. So it, it just I I love that story Andrew and it goes into why this movie works which is mostly because of Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Um it is so clear when you see a star like it just it must be so shocking to see someone who's not a star yet and just discover them.
1: Yes. And he is like so uh the Scorpion King like uh, rough notes on it so this is much more of a sword and sandals um hero epic than it is a like horror thriller movie yes. um there are thrilling elements of it but basically um Dwayne Johnson plays Matthias who is an Acadian warrior that's Akkadian with two K's everybody not three not three and no Important. C.
0: A no, see,
1: um, and so we're sort of in this world. I, I think the scorpion king is like loosely, loosely, loosely based on a historical figure. I don't think there was yeah. a second of historical research done in this movie,
0: certainly not. This is 2002, that's kind of pre Wikipedia being commonly used,
1: exactly. But, um,
0: but yeah, there's a king scorpion who existed. Um, he- <laughs> I don't think he was
1: a scorpion, but <laughs> um. And so he basically is trying to avenge his brother's death at the hand of a megalomaniacal uh villain oh. king named do you remember the name yeah his
0: name interestingly Memnon?
1: enough was Memnon 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 I know that that sounds like um I don't know something about that sounds like my Siri is malfunctioning
0: It's <laughs> this is like when you uh are singing happy birthday to someone in a restaurant. You don't know who it is. It's like a table over and you're like,
1: Happy birthday. Dear yeah. um,
0: that's his name. And that's what, it, that's what his character is based on. Um, also important to say this movie is acts as a, a prequel to the mummy returns. This takes right. place thousands of years before the mummy, I believe. Yeah. Or at least thousand of years. Um, I think like 3000 BC is roughly uh, yeah, what we're dealing with right. here. And he, this we're dealing with warring tribes. It's like a war-based economy, which, like, I mean,
1: welcome, yeah, welcome.
0: Um, And everybody fighting. This guy Memnon is an asshole, and they he's a double-crosser. And uh, uh, Matthias's uh, brother is killed by this uh, jerk, and he declares vengeance. And so, this movie, his desire is to get vengeance on this jerk who's making life really hard for everyone. Right. Um, and he's played by a man named Stephen Brand, who has a very queer haircut in this movie.
1: Boy, oh boy, does he. I, this haircut is every cool queer person I know has yeah, had this haircut.
0: It's a shaved, sort of braided, mohawk-style, long ponytail. It's a lot.
1: Yeah, it's a hair hat.
0: It's a hair It's a
1: hair. Um, um Also in this movie, Anna... At playing the sorceress is the really wonderful Kelly who Kelly who
0: wonderful actress this is her first big breakout role um, she won this role over a lot of other people by winning the uh, just the director was like this girl's talented and the casting directors weren't quite giving her the chance and. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's really cool. It's two uh, non-white leads, basically. Which is, is,
1: I mean, yeah, that's the thing about this movie. It, this shouldn't be remarkable, but unfortunately for 2002, it was very remarkable to have such a diverse cast and have that not be the, like, marketing ploy. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Yeah, it really doesn't come up that much, which, like, I think partially makes sense, like, uh, just in context, like, we can't give them too terribly much credit because, <laughs> like, she is pretty heavily exoticized. and, like, oh, yeah. Is nude. Uh, this is another sort of the Steven Summers theme. Uh, underwear is illegal for women; cannot have it. We got to see hip bones and nipples at all times; otherwise, jail.
1: I mean, um, in fairness, Anna, as you pointed out, I, I would also say none of the men wearing underwear either, because um, Anna oh, posited yeah. <laughs> that the the CGI budget in this movie was almost entirely spent on editing out balls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. There a lot of men. Uh, they're not. I, I do think spreading is just because a lot of men aren't used to like gripping their thighs together. Yeah. And you can tell these stunt guys go down and they just go like pointing their perineum at lens like yeah. heels on either side of the camera.
1: And I would guess that none of these men were tucking. You know what I mean? I think no. this was this is sort of a low and no. lazy crowd.
0: Mother did not tuck her scene. <laughs> oh my god, she is uh,
1: kissing America with her behole. I I just want to say also, um cuz Kelly who I think I most knew of from uh X-Men 2 where she she unfortunately kind of gets sidelined as Lady Deathstrike, but she's such a charming actor and also um a Miss Hawaii, a like a a semi-professional poker player and Anna in two thousand seven, who was a driver in the Toyota Pro Celebrity Race, a national fundraising program supporting children's hospitals through the United States. She's a Ooh. race driver in Toyota's this
0: woman, I have to ask a question. She's too cool to be straight, right?
1: I, I think <laughs> honorarily we're saying that she's <laughs> she's she is culturally queer. She is queering the system. She's I guess that's the best way to put the it. The
0: poker the poker playing. <laughs> Um, so, and her character, let's talk a little bit about her character, which her character, the game with her character is the only thing I remembered from watching this in Jamie Scato's living room in eighth grade. (laughs) Um, it is that she is a sorceress who is helping Memnon to take over the world. Mm -hmm. But the caveat is she is only an oracle if she remains a virgin, which, so he keeps his hands off her and he's got this whole villain arc of like one day you will be mine, which is like very Jafar, very common. We see this a lot. Um, but I think it's nice. I do think I, I found it hard to not relate to the idea of like a man can only listen to uh, advice from a woman if he's not having sex with her. <laughs> <That is laughs> admitted I have sex with you. I can't listen to you anymore.
1: A very good point, Anna. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I've known a lot of relationships like this, you know? <sighs>
0: She's only smart until it go in and then
1: she's (laughs) dumb. She has not changed, but the way she is perceived has
0: changed. Yeah. They're like, um, I don't know about that. (laughs) But uh, to this film's credit, like it is a pretty, I know this word has lost all meaning, but it is a very diverse cast. Yes. For, especially for the time. And even for now, I think like.
1: I know. I uh, mean, you've got, you've got Michael Clark Duncan in there. Who's in there as
0: like, is it a villain? Is it a. friend like it's sort of he's just kind of pissed Um, it's unclear whose side he's on but he's fantastic
1: they really allow him to exist in a gray area which I appreciate Um, and he's coming hot off the green mile in this movie and he's he's like give me a paycheck I'm truly just going to play at this part so that I can wave a sword around and you get all of my lines are one-liners these are all gifable like really he is living his best life
0: yes yeah, his his suitcase usually just has his dop kit in it. He's not unpacking <laughs> at this point in time. He's traveling a lot, although I will wait we'll get to it at the end but uh let's talk more about the the story of it and the characters um yes so or let's uh, let's talk about the look of it. I feel like we've summarized it pretty closely. Yeah. uh the look of it, which we both noticed it's two thousand and two it looks very pack like it, does. it doesn't look like the mummy or the mummy returns really it looks like kind of shitty like it looks like a lucky brand bag from 2002 where it's just like patches of leather in different colors kind of sewn together uglily it's
1: very survivor adjacent yes! i just realized this
0: i do think survivor had an impact on this the fashion cuz there's a a couple of guards who have like palm fronds yes. as
1: clothing it's very everything. All the sets kind of look like survivor challenges where it's like yes. they're going to have to climb up this thing. Like all the set pieces really kind of fit into that nicely.
0: Yeah. And this movie, we've talked about how queer the movies are. Uh, yeah. This one
1: is, I I would say, one of the straightest movies. Boy, this might be this might be the straightest movie I've seen in a while. I mean, the, the opening scene, you know, like in the, all the other mummy movies, it always opens with like a voiceover talking about history. Um, and then this one, the opening scene involves like impaling a Viking's groin on a chandelier made of antlers. And I was yes. just like, oh, OK, this is playing to a different audience here.
0: Yeah, this is not quite, quote unquote, for me. Like, and they <laughs> they I could it seemed like they intended originally for the historical like map voiceover shot sequence yeah. to be the beginning of the movie. But this movie seems like it's working so hard to be like, we're not school. Right.
1: Oh my gosh, Anna. You're right. If we've talked about how, um, the first two mommy movies really do cater to a mom audience, this movie is catering to adult sons of mom's audience.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is very much for like angry teens. Um, it also, this is the first movie. I mean, I'm not entirely sure when it wrapped by, but it's the first post nine 11 movie of the Stephen Summers. Whoa.
1: Um,
0: and it reads, it's like very aggressive, um, very dude bro um which isn't bad i we're just to be clear it's not we're not saying it's bad it's just interesting that you can kind of feel the narrowing of who the audience is yeah which which makes sense that like you've got the rock so they're they're trying to please what they perceive to be wrestling fans even though like wrestling fans by and large are very <laughs> like uh, this is something i had to learn recently it's not just men it no. is like pretty equally distributed men women
1: uh, like all backgrounds, it's impressive. It's pretty remarkable. That's something that I'm just learning now too. But but, but now that I think but, back, like all the kids I knew who were into wrestling, it was always surprising and it was always people from drastically different uh, uh, walks of life.
0: Right. But kind of the loudest and most visible fans <laughs> were like straight white goo- goods. That's guy Gouds. dudes. Yeah. Goods. Um and it just it's a little bit of a bummer to feel like they're focusing on sort of, you know,
1: those dudes. It also is occurring to me Anna, they post the post 9/11 of this. The emphasis is really taken away from um the sort of middle easternness of the mummy movies.
0: Yes. This yeah. exists
1: kind of nowhere <laughs> except for the main city that this whole movie takes place in. Oh. Is well, Gomorrah.
0: Gamora. It takes place in Gomorrah and just think about that. And they they didn't really do that much with it. Like I think the first scene we see is like a guy and a girl making out at a party, which is like the least depraved. That's like the most
1: yeah. uh common sight. It, it it is, I mean, I will say with this movie, um Anna and I were thoroughly delighted by it. You know? Yeah. Like, I really was not expecting to be uh, uh, charmed by this movie. I really was. There are a couple moments that really do feel like um, they were studio notes or maybe executive producer notes oh. um, that were like – there were like three different scenes where there are like a harem of women who are talking directly to the camera. And yes. being like, ooh, I want to get to know you like in a way that felt very strange and out of place for this movie.
0: Yeah. Like – it also this comes back to like the rock with uh on screen horniness, that the it's a little bit oil and water. Yes. Um, like it's clear that they're thinking of women viewers with his uh constantly shirtless body, which is you know, I'm clapping. Yeah, a great <laughs> job. Good job drinking yes. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Aside, like, whenever he's in, like, a horny scene with horny girls, which, like, is pretty much most of the movies he's been in, Yeah, it feels odd. Like, it just, not that he, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going to get in I, trouble.
1: No, but, like, I, I don't. I, I, I get what you're saying. I think The Rock is, or Dwayne Johnson is so wholesome. And I think we yes, are that's it. Yeah, right. We are um, endeared to see him in situations where he where like, people are trying to objectify him. And he's just like, I'm truly just here to avenge my brother. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you're right. Every other scene is a bunch of girls being like, "Ah, yeah, ah, have sex with me or I'll kill myself. And he's like, <laughs> ladies, I'm sorry. I have a meeting. <laughs>
1: I mean, we also have to talk Anna before we get into the the kind of meat of um, our normal discussion around these movies. We got to talk about the camel.
0: This camel, Hannah the camel, played by two different camels. I an incredible actor.
1: I've never seen a camel seize the camera so totally.
0: The amount of like single close close up shots on this camel. Is at least
1: 20. Even when the camel's in a medium or wide shot, the camel is almost without exception looking straight into the camera like, really? Like, it is astounding to me.
0: It feels like the camel is a road comic who just knows how to work (laughs) a crowd. Like, yeah, she's a little hacky, but like, ultimately, at the end of the day, the audience is laughing. So what's (laughs) the problem?
1: Um. Anna, I mean, I know this is a strange question, but I feel like we have to ask it because we, we've we asked it of all Stephen Sommers movies. Uh, who is the monster in this movie? The monster is not the
0: Scorpion King. Wow. The monster in this movie, it's sort of, you know what it reminded me of was A Knight's Tale. Where, like, it's Anna. just this, like, scheming That's king. It. And A Knight's Tale was, was it 2001?
1: Yeah, it was like one, yeah.
0: I lo- Which also, I love that movie. I could do a full series about it. Um, that is right. Where it's like, it's just a jerk guy. Um Yeah. 2001. Uh, it's like not really history, but yeah, there's really, there's not a ton of supernatural in this movie at all, right. which I wonder. Just, just the sorceress. Oh. Yeah. Like she, yeah. That she can like tap into stuff. She has visions. That's the one supernatural thing. Oh yeah. But yeah, the Memnon's a monster. Um, What's the gear? We've got a lot of gear. We've got a lot of curved swords. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, the gift of sight. Yes. Being psychic. Important. Important. Um, we've got a bow and arrow. This They were really hoping for the Scorpion King to be a bow and arrow guy.
1: I, and we just don't think of the Scorpion King as being a bow and arrow guy, but it is true. In this movie, yeah. that's what he does.
0: I don't know why. I guess they were like, what's the most like a scorpion's tail? I think, I, because,
1: I think because I think because Legolas really kind of twinkified <laughs> uh, archery.
0: <laughs> they needed to butch it up again.
1: Yeah, they yeah. needed
0: somebody with thick thighs to. Well, like. <laughs> so I just lost my way in the middle of it because I accidentally <laughs> said thives and then I just stopped talking.
1: I mean, the thing is, like, it, th- there was a lot of emphasis also put on how hard it is to pull the bow of a bow and arrow, um, and it must be incredibly difficult. I really admire the use of practical effects in this movie, Anna.
0: Yes, this is the main takeaway that we both had. Um, the uh, There's not a lot of VFX that feels obvious. Like, mm. you can tell that they've sweetened up certain things, like add a little bit more fire to different things, and obviously some of the, like, deaths and stuff, maybe a little bit of VFX, but, like, it is by and large, all practical, which means they did it for real and shot it. Mm -hmm. Um, Which we do, has to be a reaction to how universally panned the uh, CGI was in The Mummy Returns, um, which was a result of, I just found this out, uh, they finished The Rock's, um, like, his scenes, and when he comes back as a Scorpion King at the end, eight days before the movie came out. (gasps) So they are just like, rushing it is not the vfx artist's fault this entirely because of budget and time constraints you get what you pay for
1: uh that's that's a really important distinction to make wow
0: yes and like you can tell that this was like a little bit it feels i don't know enough about movies to use the phrase director jail but it feels a little bit like steven summers was in director jail because of that um yeah there's a lot of real stunts uh the Rock, what I do love about The Rock that we found out from a movie is that he did use his uh, stunt double, which I like. I, I don't respect. like it when actors do their own stunts. It makes me nervous.
1: Let let stunt performers do what they're best at.
0: You know what would ruin everyone's lives? If you broke your little foot and couldn't <laughs> uh, do your job. <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs>
1: And the stunts are really incredible, and the the amount of stuff um, Memnon like with flaming swords and things. Like, yeah, there are things that are truly stunning to look at because of their practicality.
0: Yeah, like they add a little bit more flames to it, and like they VFX the flames like appearing for the first time on the sword. But when he's moving them around, you can tell that is real flame.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. fire
0: is one of those things to me always uh, kind of looks fake, uh, right. but this it just it looks real cuz it is real it's very cool that i will say like balancing out sort of the broey um look of it the 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 effects being real
1: it just makes a difference and there were a couple times you know when like this is what makes stunt performing so impressive there were a couple moments in the movie where Anna and i looked at each other in true like m- like midwest dust bowl faces like how did they do that and one of them was there's a scene where people are like running along a bridge while like forty flaming arrows are shot into the sky, to, like coming towards them. Real and ones. We truly were like, how was not everyone killed in this? It is
0: so insane. Yes. And for anyone who's like feeling interested in the this our like rudimentary discussion of uh, stunts and stuff, just look up any. There, Jason has shown me YouTube videos of the people who make the stunts for the Fast and the Furious movies talking about how they do it because uh, almost oh, yeah. all of their effects are practical, which is <laughs> like even things in the movie where you're like, obviously that is fake. They did for real. Uh, I won't spoil anything because the movie just came out, but good. Uh, a lot of it's fucking real.
1: I, I do want to give credit to Chuck Russell, who directed the movie, who also directed a bunch of like 80s films that really left an impact on me, including... Um, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, which is really great. (laughs) The 1988 remake of The Blob, which terrified me, Anna. Who was in that? I mean, no one really. Um, That's really rude to say. I don't mean that.
0: Really rude. No, you're Um, correct. Kevin Dillon. Kevin
1: Dillon, Shawnee Smith.
0: Del Close.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes, he plays the reverend. He plays like the the unhinged reverend.
0: Father of Imprev.
1: He's like the villain of the movie. Wow, good. good. Um, and then, and then he was the ex- oh, he executive produced Collateral. Got it. Um he but, a,
0: he's the director of The Mask.
1: No, he is. <gasps> yes, you're right. And Eraser. Wild. Yeah. Okay. This is a this is a good that's a good lineup. Um, I,
0: and I feel that he was a good director for Dwayne Johnson. I think that he shot him properly. We've talked a lot about. Um, making use of how beautiful the men are. And a lot of male directors are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Let's get to the girl boob. Like (laughs) he, he shoots the men beautifully because the men are beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's cool. He also included, um, a scene. This is from IMDb trivia. Very fun. In one scene, Dwayne Johnson lying on his back springs to his feet. Director Chuck Russell wanted to include a physical feat, which only Johnson could perform. Russell said he had never seen a six foot three inch man do that.
1: Yeah. Like that's so cool. He's, I mean, Dwayne Johnson is a huge, strong man. The concept of doing that flip up like that, it really is impressive to see.
0: It's amazing. And like, yeah, you have somebody who is a professional wrestler, like do things that are crowd pleasers that he knows how to do. That also, at the same time, as somebody that he's a newer actor, do include something that he that puts him in his element yeah. and makes him feel good. I think that's great.
1: I mean, some of the, some of the more horror elements in this movie are the presence of, um, killer ants, which do eat yes. a man, a la the scarabs.
0: Yes. There, there's the, one of the monsters is, uh, uh, fire ants.
1: Right. Which are a little bit big. The CGI is, is better than the CGI of the scarabs in the first two mommy movies. So they are learning, they're improving.
0: Yeah. Every time there is CGI in a movie, Uh, they invent new algorithms, uh, to make it look better. And then for the next movie, they'll use whatever innovations they used from the movie before and build on that. So like every year that goes by, every project that goes by, they are using what's from before like Pixar, there's stuff you can find about like, they use the asset from inside out to animate Joe Gardner's fingers moving. It's very interesting. I don't know what I'm talking about, but we talked about like, oh, sorry. Oh no, please. That, like, uh, when we were talking about The Mummy Returns and how every movie kind of looked the same from this era, it's, like, they just, because of Lord of the Rings and Titanic to a certain extent, they figured out how to animate very large crowds.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um,
0: so you see that in Attack of the Clones and Mummy Returns. Obviously, there's, like, a billion armies. Um, <laughs> But this movie, I think, was much more restrained. So, it's, like, they had the fire ants, but there's a time and a place.
1: This movie also has a set piece involving snakes. And yes. it made me appreciate the um it made me appreciate how they held off on snakes in the first two mummy movies. You pointed out because they didn't want to maybe draw the comparison to the Indiana Jones movies, which I think is true. But I do think snakes are used well in this movie.
0: Snakes are used well, yes. There's a connection to sort of the feminine, the mystique, the, yeah. you know, traitoriousness. Right. <laughs> um, I mean- yeah, there's the great scene with Kelly Hu reaching into vases to find a snake. She too. uses
1: a snake like a sword to fight a man with a sword. The snake immediately gets its head cut off, but I, I do admire the ingenuity.
0: It happens on the edit, so you don't see the head flying off, which <laughs> I liked. True. I Thank appreciate it. Much. It was also, I should say, a very bloodless movie. Yes, we like a lot of the, that. The kills happen kind of off camera, or you cut to a dead body. Um,
1: now... I know we've talked a lot about the straight elements of this film, Anna, um, but I do think it's time to talk about what is gay about this movie.
0: Wow. There's not a lot. This is the shortest list, but I would say they're quite gay. Okay. The line in my bed is where I lose my vision. That's gay. (laughs) Very gay. Or in your bed.
1: Um, in your bed I would lose my my I, in is your where bed, I, lose I
0: lose my vision yes that's gay wearing a chainmail bikini and a giant jacket gay uh, Gomorrah as a set piece that's gay <laughs> um, Dwayne Johnson about uh, the head of a character he'll be all the prettier without it gay <laughs> selling birds in the city of Gomorrah that's gay Andrew <laughs> you said that here's another Andrew one spitting a jewel into a man's hand it's
1: yeah. gay classically
0: <laughs> the job inventor gay this Bernard Hill was in this movie, uh King Theoden and from uh Titanic. So great. That I assume that's what his his website says. Yes. Bernardhill.com uh King Theoden and from Titanic. <laughs> Memnon visits a harem rarely. Uh that's Oh, King-
1: that's a whole yeah.
0: thing. There's a line where the harem girls are like he visits so rarely. <laughs>
1: it's like okay, Memnon
0: Um, and Andrew, there's a scene where, uh, the rock and Kelly who burst out of a wishing well and a little boy had just thrown in a rock and then sees them and says, I got my wish. And Andrew said, kid, you're not fooling anybody. You wish for the rock.
1: (laughs) He was, I hate to break it to you, kid. You were whether or not you knew it, uh, but that was very, that was coded very much in the film.
0: Whether or not you know yourself very well and you know yourself to be straight, you're gay (laughs) (laughs) sucking gold out of your friend's mouth to save their life. That's gay. (laughs) reminding your boss that the sorceress should be present at these meetings that's gay. (laughs) there was a scene there was like one soldier who like maybe he's the biggest villain of the whole movie that he keeps being like um hi sorry memnon um the sorceress isn't here and she should be here do we want to get her in he's constantly (laughs) looping somebody in passive aggressively but he's right and he is gay (laughs) several close-up shots on a camel gay dancing while no one pays attention that's gay the line "Soldiers will fall prey to idle palace gossip." That's gay. <laughs> and waking up in the desert with no underwear on,
1: gay. Very gay. Um, and <laughs> I have a few contributions to this. Please. Um, so there's there's one that is not camel related, and then the the rest are all just camel related. Okay. Um, the one non camel related one is Michael Clark Duncan's line. Um, if I'm not a king, then why do I see you on your knees before me? Gay. Gay. And then all camel things. Um, sitting down with a heavy sigh while all your friends are fighting. gay. Okay. Um, um, sitting down in the sand while your friend is next to you dying in the sand. gay. <laughs> okay. And then finally dropping your friend off at a party and waiting outside. And then when the castle explodes, you think I'm, this just isn't worth it. And so you walk away slowly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Camels. Canonically. If you can store water in your back, you're gay.
0: Also, I'll say it, the people's eyebrow, it's <gasps> queer.
1: Wow.
0: I'm sorry. Oh, come for me, please.
1: That is true. It was and... the only
0: thing he did that was a reference to his character.
1: That's true. But... Yeah, cocking uh, an eyebrow, come on. Cocking an eyebrow, that's gay. Um, Anna, what did Ebert say about this movie? Did he like it?
0: Oh, Ebert loved this movie. He gave it three stars. Or he did the thing where he loved it but is, like, chastising it.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Um, He, let's see, three stars. That's how much he gave the original Mummy.
1: That is wild. Um, I mean, that makes sense, though. This is a, we we do recommend this movie, everybody.
0: We do. It's on HBO Max. Give it a look. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, The film stars The Rock, famous as a WWF wrestling star. Vince McMahon takes a producer's credit. And on the basis of this movie, he can definitely star in movies like this. This story, it's so funny to hear someone be like, I think The Rock is good and he will be in movies. Um... The story takes place so long ago in prehistory that The Rock was a hero and had not yet turned into the villain of The Mummy Returns, and we can clearly see his face and muscular physique, an improvement over the earlier film in which most of his scenes consisted of his face being attached to a scorpion so large it looked like a giant lobster. Yeah. How gigantic was the lobster? It would take a buffalo to play the turf. Okay, Ebert, you're being mean. Okay, Robert Debert. We let's, love that. Robert Deber. Let's cut what it What are you doing, Robert? <laughs> Um, okay, he's talking about the plot, um, <laughs> the scene where they vow to kill the Scorpion King is equally impressive as Matthias and Toad's, as long as one of us still breathes, the sorcerer will die. See if you can spot the logical loophole. Wow. Okay, I can't quite, um, more plot, more plot, um, let's see who a beautiful woman who looks as if she is trying to remember the good things her agent told her would happen if she took this role.
1: Mean. That's mean. Cause she's mean. really, she's really doing an earnest job in this movie and I appreciate her.
0: She did a fight. Like what else are you supposed to do? She yes. did a good job. She's a sorceress. What do you want? Yes. Mean. Also this is 2002 where you could still be like that stupid whore about yeah, anything, that. That was l- just, that could be the
1: pepper. headline on parade magazine.
0: Yeah. Mean. Yes, Exactly. Um, she has equally clever, long flowing hair, which cascades down over her breasts instead of up and over her head, even when she is descending a waterfall. Shut up. He's mean. Okay. This is out. last paragraph. Did I enjoy this movie? Yeah, I did. Although not quite enough to recommend it because it tries too hard to be hyper and not hard enough to be clever. It is what it is though. And pretty good at it. Those who dislike this movie are unlikely to attend it. Does anybody go to see the rock in the Scorpion King by accident? For its target audience looking for a few laughs, martial arts, and stuff that blows up real good, it will be exactly what they expected. It has high energy, the action never stops, the dialogue knows it's funny, and The Rock has the authority to play the role and the fortitude to keep a straight face. I expect him to become a durable action star.
1: Wow. I mean, Hebert Hebert knew. He knew. He knew. He knew. Uh, He knew. And I do think... I, there's so many things that I admire about this movie too. It's directness. It's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It ends with like zero twist. It also ends without any connective tissue between this and the Mummy Returns. It really is just yeah, like yeah, like, yeah. Totally it just happy. shows him
0: he's a great person who's very honest and yes. like reasonable. And the Mummy Returns picks up with him as like an absolutely familyless jerk Desperate. who's yeah. just fighting in the desert and screaming and eating scorpions and he sells his soul to the devil. It
1: might basically. it might be that the the thing about this movie is like we are seeing I mean it could be that the the sorceress is the key to his um connection to the people.
0: I know, I guess like there are sequels to this and maybe they cover that. Um yeah, and maybe I'm that curious. was part of it is that they were like let's make it so far away that they have to give us more movies. But uh oh. I will say if if his breakup with the sorceress was part of it that makes sense to me because guys who are this massive who are also nice when they break up with their girlfriends they become really
1: mean. That's a very good. You know, there's something sort of comparable to this movie and Cruella which oh, is like Oh,
0: interesting. which is like
1: very charming and fun and I will say like I had the like dope dope reaction at the end where I was like, "Well, how how come she hates dogs?" Um <laughs> Which, like, I'm sure <laughs> it doesn't going, get you there. They're going to answer in another movie. It's just that she loves mm. dogs so much in the movie. Like I like just... she then has the Dalmatians, and she's like, they're my Dalmatians, and I like them, and I'm gonna give them to my friends. Well, um so anyway,
0: uh, anyway, but,
1: but I, yeah, I think I think Ebert is right. I think this is a perfect like Saturday afternoon. like I just want to go somewhere glad in my brain for a while and eat chips.
0: <laughs> Yes, somewhere glad I need chips.
1: That's a yeah. t-shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems like a good movie to make out during because you're not really missing anything.
1: Oh, that's a really good point. And then like when you need occasional breaks, there is an explosion for you to like look. Or yeah. there's an opportunity to see a camel and have to be like, ah, and like have something else to talk about for a while.
0: It's a good movie for camels to make out during.
1: <laughs> no. And that's there nice. is a, that that demographic is dwindling. And I think that's a shame. It really is. Think about Um, it. Anna, I really am so delighted to talk about this movie with you a second time. It was just as much fun.
0: I am too. Um, Well, Andrew, let's end on a little bit of a segment similar to what we normally do. Um, Did anything Scorpion happen to you this week?
1: Okay. Did anything Scorpion happen to me this week? I will say the most Scorpion thing that happened to me this week was watching another interview with The Rock with you, (laughs) um, where he's talking to like an 85-year-old interviewer from God Only Knows Where And the man is like, you and I have a lot in common. And Dwayne Johnson is like, really? And he's like, I've been bit by scorpion several times. And Dwayne just doesn't know what to do with this information. (laughs) And then the man like pulls a pin from his lapel, gets super close to Dwayne Johnson's face and is like, see? And it's like, what are you showing him that would indicate you've been stung by scorpion several times?
0: And then he reaches out and shakes his hand and you can, it's just, it's, I've had that conversation with so many barflies. Yes. like This is me at every
1: wedding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you listen to me. I'm like you. I've been stung by Scorp. Yeah. That's like me going up to the hottest person in the world and being like, I own a swimsuit too. (laughs) Yep. How about you, Anna? Anything scorpion happened to you this week?
0: Anything scorpion happened to me this week? I saw a lizard. That's sort of (gasps) scorpion. You saw a lizard? It's it's lizard season, you guys, and my dog likes lizards. And I saw one on a walk. She doesn't have great eyesight, so I always point out the lizards to her. And whenever I point them out to her, she reacts less than if she saw them on her own. Because I think she feels a little bit like, yeah, okay, fine. (laughs) I could have seen that.
1: That's yeah, that's like um, any one of my either of my parents mentioning something about theater to me circa 2003.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I like lizards, but not that lizard.
1: (laughs) Well, Well, that's good. That's very scorpion, Anna.
0: That's very good. Thank you.
1: Um, That's it. Everybody, we hope you have a delightful long weekend uh, this 4th of July if you are of uh, American extraction. Um, we will not have any new episodes next or, week. Or but hot dog extraction. That is very important. Equally important. Yeah. Um, there will be no new episodes next week. But the following week, we're going to make up for it. We got two real humdingers coming at you. Um, again, Paul F. Tompkins and Janie Haddad Tompkins will be joining us to talk about Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Helsing. Which, good lord, first? everybody, you're going to love it. I have a lot to say. We all do. It's going to be a blast. Um, but, yeah, please keep sending us your uh, urban legisode campfire tales. We love getting them.
0: At scary stories. Sorry, scary story pod at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. You can um, follow
0: us on Instagram and Twitter at scary story
1: underscore pod. And one more thing you could do, please. Get,
0: Get out. out. Forever. <coughs> Dog.
1: This has been a Forever
0: Dog production. <coughs> Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at
1: forever dog team to keep up with all the latest forever dog news.